Thank you for joining us today. We believe that the word of God is designed to make a mark in your life that is not easily erased. And right now, God is sharing to us about relationships and how our relationships should not be easily broken. I believe this word of God is going to do just that. Strengthen your relationships so they're not easily broken and you can move forward with a group of people that are supporting what God has for your life. Enjoy the message. You guys been enjoying the series so far? Not easily broken. Y'all been, been enjoying it? Oh, amen. Well, today is, today is a, a, a turning point of sorts, you know, as far as, as far as this series, you know. And it is. Today is a two-part message, message, and I'm going to share the first part of it this weekend. And next week, I pray that you are able to get the second part because it all fits together for what God wants to do. You know, if you're not even able to be here, we stream it. We do all types of stuff with it. And so that way that you have everything that God wants to say. Amen. Amen. Because if you've been listening intensively and you've been listening and focusing on what God has been saying, there's probably one big question that's just been firing off in your mind as you've been hearing what we've been talking about as far as relationships. And if that question hasn't passed your mind, Praise be to God. But for many folks, I know that this thing has crossed your mind and you like, Pastor, when are we going to talk about this? Well, we finna talk about it right now because <laughs> if you've been listening to the messages, it may sound as though, man, I'm just supposed to let people treat me however they want to treat me and be okay with it. I'm just, they do what they want to do. And because I'm called to love, I just take it. Now, I know some of y'all been like, Pastor Brian, I'm going to need you to talk on that part right there. <laughs> because, yes, I have gotten all the messages and I understand that I should walk in God's love towards everybody. And God's love is calling me to forgive and to walk in forgiveness. But am I supposed to be sitting here just getting beat up as this is happening? Well, let me tell you something. You're not. But it's so important that we look at how God looks at seeing that situation. Because sometimes we can use our experience and sometimes we can use other people's experience. We can read things that we've read to determine whether or not we're in a relationship that's not healthy for us. But it's important that we look at God's word and see how God defines an unhealthy relationship. Because I can promise you this, God has called us all to forgive, but he hasn't asked us to relive. It's a big difference. He's calling us to forgive, but he is not asking us to relive. He's not saying, hey, you know what, just forgive him and take it. No, he, he makes it very clear how he looks at those situations and I believe that it's important that we look at it because we know that forgiveness is not easy. And so we also know that the Bible tells us in James uh, 1 and 12, it tells us that through the testing of things, our patience gets built up. I'll turn there and read that for you for some of y'all. James 1 in the New King, King James Version, I can look across and see who knows it. 
So I'll go there and read it. James 1, and, and I'm going to be reading in New King James Version, starting at verse 3. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. But let patience have its what? Perfect work that you may be made perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so we know that there is a testing at times, but many of us are probably wondering, how much patience do I need? I mean, I've been tested, I think, thoroughly in the area of patience. I've been a very patient individual concerning what is going on. How much perfect work are we looking for here, Jesus? I mean, I'm for the perfect work, but I don't, I mean, where are we at with this? Are we 80% there? Are we still loading? You guys, you know, you got that little, that little bar on your computer that spins. It became incredible when they started putting percentages, you know, so you know where the bar is at. You don't just watch it spin because if you was like me, when that thing was just spinning, I just assumed there was more time left than I wanted to give, so... I was happy the day they said it's at 50%, 60%, 70%. Oh, you got three minutes left. But when that thing pop up and say you got 30 minutes to go, I say this is the wrong route. <laughs> and so it's like, man, Jesus like, how much patience is you trying to work? And so we have to know when the situation we in, are, are in isn't a situation that's building the patience that God is talking about here. Amen. Then, of course, we know Romans 8 and 28, he talks about how all things work together for the good who love God. And so because we know this thing, sometimes we, we, we may look at situations and be in relationships that, that are we understand. It's not that it's supposed to be easy, but God told me everything is working together for the good for those who love God. But how do I know when this thing ain't actually working to no good? Like where, where am I supposed to know where the line is actually supposed to be in the sand? Now, I know that I'm supposed to be renewing myself to the way God thinks and sees things, so my line ain't where it used to be. Because by now, a joker would have got it. So I can definitely testify that my line has moved a little bit since I came to know Christ. But how far is that line out there, Jesus? I mean, where is it? Some of y'all looking at me funny, but that's all right. I just preach it. God, God does the rest. <laughs> because there's something that my father would say all the time, which is so true. He says, nothing can replace the value of a long-term relationship. Nothing can replace the value of long-term relationships. And for a lot of us, that's the thing that, that keeps us in certain situations that we know they're, they're, they're testing us. We know that they're trying us. But we also understand that nothing can replace the value of a long-term relationship. So it's like, I, I, I know that this thing is testing me, but I'm not prepared to walk away. I got time on this. Yes, yes. I have time invested. I got money invested. I got feelings invested. I got a lot of stuff riding on this. But at the same time, where is the line? Where is the line where, you know, enough is enough? When do I get to pull that card out, Jesus? You know, I think, I just, you know, is there a card? If there's not a card, let me know, and I'll start looking for an enough card. Because, and that's the title of today's message, is moving forward but not moving on. Because I believe that God wants all of our relationships to move forward. But at the same time, he believes, and I know 
that his love can get us to a place to where we don't have to actually move on. But we need to know what the moving on point looks like. Like, what does it look like when it is time to move on? Because we know God doesn't want our relationships to end in failure. He doesn't want them to end in divorce. He doesn't want those things to happen. But at the same time, we ain't supposed to be getting abused in the midst of them. So I need to know where it's at. And that's what we're going to spend time today talking about. Y'all want to hear about it? Because the truth is, moving on is not always moving forward. Many people move on to new things, but they didn't exactly progress in anything. A new situation don't mean a better situation. And so it's important that we are in relationships that are growing us, but not passing over to the point of abusing us. Because there is something that God, and I want you to turn to Proverbs 4 and 23, there is something that God tells us to guard. And God tells us to keep. And that's our heart. He tells us, no, you need to guard your heart. Now, unfortunately, I've seen some people that walk around saying, they, you know, I got to guard my heart. And I'm saying, no, you guard bad stuff. Like, you need to let something into that heart. Like, what you retaining Ain't, ain't good stuff. Like, you, you, you guarding bad stuff. He don't want us just to guard our hearts. He wants us to keep the things of our heart that are good and enriching and positive for our life. But he most definitely isn't talking about, hey, just walking around keeping your guard up. Because the thing about relationships are relationships require vulnerability. When you talk about loving somebody, when you talk about forgiving somebody, it puts you in a place of being vulnerable. And in general, we don't like being vulnerable. Well, sometimes I, I can feel, y'all just be, y'all be doing this, then you be like, <sighs> I'm sitting next to my husband right now. I don't need him to know that I don't like being vulnerable. Pastor, you just touched right on my thing. No, and it's, it's okay. People do not like to be subject to other people's actions. In general, we like to know that what we do controls what we have. It's not a natural thing for us to embrace all of who we are to be riding on what somebody else does. But in many cases, that's what marriage puts us in the position of. I'm riding on this fool staying straight. And that makes me vulnerable. Like, I got to make... The fool's too much for y'all. Boy, y'all are extra sensitive today. Some of y'all got alert systems on your phones right now that lets you know whenever a dime has been spent out the checking account so that you can keep track of your food. Pastor Brian said it, and I ain't taking it back. <laughs> what I'm saying is, what is that a sign of? None of us like to be in a situation where things are out of our control. That's not natural. But the problem with that is, that's what actually relationships demand of us. 
It demands a passing of, I'm going to use this word, vulnerability to someone else. But when there's been things that have occurred and things that have happened, our first reaction is always to take back some of the things that leave us exposed to what has the potential of causing us to hurt. And so we automatically start doing different stuff. Like I say, the only reason you have that app on your phone is because at one point in time, money was spent in excess of what was agreed upon. So now you have went to a system in which you probably started off. You probably started at 100. Then you dropped it down to 80. Then you dropped it down to 60. Then you dropped it down to 50. And now you at $5. If $5 gets spent, I need to know because you have the potential of making $1,005 charges. I thought if I set it at 100, we would be covered. But you went out and spent $80 15 times. Did you not add up any of this? Because now the vacation we had planned gets canceled. The dinner I wanted to go to gets canceled. The, 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 the things I've been planning and we've been supposed to been planning together are now in jeopardy. And I don't like that feeling. <laughs> I know, I feel like I'm having a dialogue with a mirror right now. You know? I, <laughs> but anyway, because many of us are fighting to remain committed without being vulnerable. And that's really a place that doesn't exist. I want to be committed to us being on the right page, but I'm not a really ready to have my feelings connected to the things that can make me vulnerable. And let me tell you something. The word of God doesn't find that wrong. It actually tells us. I'm supposed to be reading Proverbs. Because <laughs> it's about to tell us. <laughs> In Proverbs 4, starting at verse 20, it says, My son... Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. Verse 23, it says, and keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And so the word of God does most definitely tell us that, no, that we should be keeping the treasure of our hearts. God has been doing a good job with some of, some of us in renewing our minds to a new way of living. Because many of all, many of y'all, the situations you may be currently facing, you would have been went to different measures before you met Christ. But since you met Christ, you are no longer about to choke this person, slap this person, or stab this person. But you have a little more patience because you met Jesus. And you listen to some stuff he had to say about how you should handle things and how you should do things. And those things begin a good work in you. 
And so now you ain't on eBay searching for knives anymore when something go wrong. You have moved on for that life. And God is saying, you need to protect that state. You need to protect the fact that you have actually progressed when it comes to how you handle things. He's saying, my word has caused effect in your life that you now don't react the same way to situations. When you recognize that this is happening, you need to guard that understanding. You need to guard the understanding that got you to the place where you ain't quick to stab a joker no more. Where you, you just ready to love. He said, guard it. You have to guard that. You have to guard that. You have to protect that. You have to keep that state. That is something you have to do. Amen. Turn me to Luke 6 and 43, reading this in the New King James Version. Because Pastor Alls used to say this. He said, you must investigate before you invest. What does that mean? I got to know what I'm... Look, I need to... I know you thinking I should just have blinders over my eyes because the love of God has touched my heart. But because the love of God has touched my heart, I have something to protect now. And so I need to investigate what's going on before I invest my heart into something that could set me back some steps. Now, Jesus is always on the main line getting me back right. But he also told me to keep what I've grown to. 6 and 43 says, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. And right here, he's wanting us to get the picture of the fact that, look, a good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. He's saying the way that, that we look at how something is and judge whether or not it's of quality is by what it produces. If I am in a situation or in a relationship where, man, this thing is producing some bad fruit, it lets me know that there is a bad root. And I know sometimes we want to keep things a little looser. Mic check, one, two. <laughs> and I know sometimes we want to keep things a little looser than that because sometimes it doesn't, you know, excite our, 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 what we want or what we desire to have a line that draws that, draws that narrow. But the truth of the matter is the Bible makes sure that the lines we use to judge things are very specific because it wants us to know where we stand. And so sometimes, although we see some bad fruit, Boy, thank God I study good, and I know where just to jump right back in where I left off at. <laughs> All right. And so, 
sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we want to blur the lines in between what we know is clearly bad fruit before our eyes simply because we want to believe that good trees can make bad fruit. But the Bible's like, it doesn't work that way. If there's bad fruit, it's because there is a bad root. Oh, amen. Verse 45 says, and a good man out of, look at this, the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And that's letting us know that what we possess in our heart has the ability to what? Produce good. What you are holding in your heart has the ability to produce good. And that's why Jesus says you need to protect it. What you've gained from walking with me and learning with me has brought you to a place to where you can start to see good stuff happen because of the goodness of the heart that you now possess. He says, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. So he took it to a whole another level and just took it deeper for us and says, now I know no one likes this subject and no one likes to say these words. But if you see evil, there's a bad heart that is in the midst. And like I said, I know we would love and we like to sometimes blur those lines. But if we want to talk about how the Bible is teaching us to view it, it makes it black and white. It makes it black and white because it gives us an understanding of where we are so we know what to do next. What I love about the word of God is it never leaves you hopeless. It doesn't say, oh, now that they got, now that you know for sure by the fruit that it got a bad tree and a bad tree got a bad heart, the Lord of God doesn't just say, now run for your life. It doesn't say that. <laughs> what it does is it now gives us a clear direction on how we are to move forward knowing what we're dealing with. Because I, you guys know, we said at the beginning, yes, I'm willing to forgive, but I'm not asking to relive this. So what took place? This reflection of something, and I know it ain't the prettiest thing to acknowledge, but the word of God is telling us what it is. Then it goes on further to say, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Because truth is, our words are a reflection of what's in our heart. He's saying, you started hearing words that sounded funny before you started even seeing funny stuff. And he said, that is evidence. He says, what is in someone's heart starts to come out of their mouth. And I know this word, and I just want to take a moment. I can slow down a little bit, you guys. I just want to slow down a little bit and talk about that word heart. Because I know there's a lot of different things that you may have heard or, or, or may have been said about where's the heart in relation to everything that's going on. Because I'm, you guys have heard the teaching and all of the knowledge of we're of three parts. We're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And so we understand that we have a body. Our body has a soul, which is our mind. And we know we have a spirit that's what's in us. But what is this heart? Where does the heart go into this whole mix? What does the heart have to do with those three components? 
Well, the thing about it, and that's why sometimes it's hard for us to narrow it down, is because the Bible doesn't use one scripture to define our heart. There's multiple scriptures that define what our heart is. And so I just wanted to break this down for you so you can see it. So if you will, go with me to Matthew 9 and 4 in the New King James Version. Because simply put, our hearts is where our thoughts and emotions and our will reside. Our thoughts, our emotions, and our will are connected to our heart. In Matthew 9 and 4, the New King James Version, it says, But Jesus, knowing their what? Thoughts. Said, why do you think evil in your hearts? And that right there is where we can pull out to where thoughts are part of our heart. In Acts 11 and 23, in the New King James Version, it says, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, with purpose of heart, they should continue with the, with the Lord. He's saying with purpose. What's purpose? Purpose is, is our will to do. It's our will to do. So he's, we're seeing there that, man, our will is also a part of our heart. Our thoughts are a part of our heart. Our will is a part of our heart. Go with me to John 16 and 22. Guys there. John 16, 22, it says, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and what your heart will rejoice and your joy. No one will take from you. What is rejoicing? Rejoicing is a emotion. And so we're seeing that our heart has emotion. Our heart has thoughts and our heart has a will. But Pastor Brian. Gotcha, but show me and tell me how that all works. And y'all know I love to break things down to the simplest of levels. And so if you were to look at it, it's just imagine you have a car, right? And if you have a car, that car has a body. That's our flesh. That's our body. Every car has a what? An engine. That engine is our mind. But in order for this car to move, you have to have a person who's driving it. The driver is our spirit. And so we have a body, which is a car. We have an engine, which is our mind. And we have a spirit, which is the driver. But how many of you guys know if you have a car and you take that car out of park, what is it going to immediately start to do? Roll. It's just going to start rolling. And you can. You can start to steer it, and that car will go in the direction that you steer, right? Go turn to the left. Although you haven't put any force behind what's happening, it's still moving in a direction. Behind you guys know once that car gets to a hill, it ain't going up it. it not, it's not going up the hill until you do what? Press on the accelerator. Once you press on that accelerator, it has the force now to move. That accelerator is our heart. That accelerator is our heart. Our heart controls the thoughts, 
the emotions and the will behind what we're doing. And many of us have experienced that we've been in relationships where somebody is standing right in front of us. But you can tell by how they acting, they ain't really there. You talking, you saying stuff, but there's something missing behind all these words. You saying the right words. You standing in front of me. You moving. But it don't look like you connected to none of it. Well, what are we seeing? We're seeing a heart that is not being activated. Because if, you know, if, if I was like, hey, man, you know, let's go down the street and, and, and go get something to eat. And you was like, all right. But then, like, you got up and talked to five people in the room. I would be like, well, bro, you serious about going or not? Why? Because there's no pursuit. There's no activate. There's, there's nothing of, of real strength behind your actions. And many of us, that is a very clear picture of what a lot of our relationships look like when things have happened that we are no longer willing to be vulnerable about. We know we should have forgave them. So we forgave them. We know, hey, look, I ain't going to move out the house because that would just look bad on both of us. So I'm still living in the house. I forgave you. But man, you know, we ain't right. We ain't right because you don't even react to any of the things that you used to be excited about. I used to say this same thing and, and you would get just excited and ready to go. But now you look at me like I'm just going through the motions. I'm just in them. I'm just in this cycle. And this place is a place where so many things begin to damage. It's in that place to where some things that God never designed for us to have to take on start to get presented before us because we're in a relationship, we're in a place, and we're there mainly out of obligation, but we are definitely not there because we have a desire to be there. And we're taking this on because, look, I just can't put myself in a place to where I'm vulnerable like that again. And so to make sure that I don't get damaged, to make sure that, that I don't get hurt the way that I've been hurt, what I've decided to do is to remove my heart out of what's going on. Because we don't, in a lot of cases, know what else to do. God's not telling us to leave, so we still there. People have thoughts and opinions about who we are, so we still there. But inside, we ain't there at all. 
We ain't there at all. And it's hard. It's hard to be in that spot. Not knowing what to do about it. Because I want to care, but I don't. Because the last time I cared, it didn't end up the way it was supposed to. And I know I'm dealing with some bad roots. And it's easy for me to identify. And I want them to put this up. It's called a healthy heart examination. Because if there's one thing I know for certain is God is calling me to protect my heart. He is calling me to guard my heart. And so I'm here because Jesus hasn't told me to go yet. But at the same time, I don't know how to reconnect. I don't know how to make this thing reestablish itself. I don't know if I should even be here. I mean, is it time for me to go? Is this over? Is this the end of the rope? So what God laid on my heart to put together for you is a healthy heart examination. And the way I want you to view this is just imagine yourself walking into a doctor's office and Jesus was sitting there. And then Jesus started to ask you some questions about the relationship that you were sitting in, but your heart is no longer connected to. And these questions he's asking because he wants to make sure that your heart is not in a place to where it can get damaged. And so he needs to know how's the relationship flowing and what's happening inside of it so that I'm able to make sure that the good treasure that you have accumulated, the good treasure that you have built up focusing on me, it doesn't become damaged. Because if, if, you, if you leave it out there, it can become damaged. And yeah, I can repair it, but I have a better system than just having to repair you. I want to keep you. The first thing Jesus was asked is, does this relationship disturb your ability to pray? Does this relationship stop you from being able to talk to me? Because I can tell you, there's some relationships, I ain't talking about my wife, that I have been in. That every time I went to pray, all I had was thoughts about, man, I've been praying on this for about five years and ain't nothing changed yet. 
I'm not sure if prayer is even an effective weapon in this situation. I mean, I've been praying for seven years concerning what's going on and ain't nothing moved yet. What is actually happening right there? What God is looking at is you're now starting to question whether or not prayer is effective because of this situation. And if you start questioning whether or not prayer is effective, it's damaging your heart. And so once you are free from this situation, once you leave this situation, we will have to go back in and perform surgery about how prayer is effective because you've been praying on something that's just been damaging you. He says, so I need to know, does it affect your ability to pray? Because if it affects that, we can start to sow some seeds a lot deeper than I want them to go. Does the relationship have a problem that's unidentifiable? Because the word of God knows, tells us that he will make us aware of all things. And so many of us pray about our relationship saying, God, what's going on here? And, and we go back and we say, man, I know what's going on. And as soon as we go back, it seems like they done moved to the left. <laughs> like, man, we was just right here and we both agreed that this was the problem. Then I came back and now this is the problem. I went away, now that's the problem. I come back, now this is the problem. I went away, now this is the problem. You know what? This problem is unidentifiable. Well, puts me in a place of, of just constant lack of peace. I, I'm lacking so much peace because I don't even know how to even categorize what's happening here. And I'm starting to question whether or not peace is something God can give me because I'm living in an unpeaceful state every single day. God says, no, that's it's not good for your heart. It's not good for your heart. Third thing, does this relationship discourage your walk of love? And I like to tell people there's a big difference in between discourage and challenge. Because we understand that our walk of love isn't something that's easy. And it is a challenge at times. But I shouldn't get to the point to where I don't even want to walk in love, where the idea of love makes me mad. When, when Valentine's rolls around, I'm mad at everybody talking about love. I log off the social media because I don't want to see nobody happy. The thought of love makes me mad. Words that start with an L, end with an E just make me mad. I don't want love nowhere near around me because love don't exist. Because if love existed, I wouldn't be going through this. But I'm going through this, and it's just wearing down on me, and it's having me to think that love just is not an achievable thing. And I know for some of you guys, that's a distant thought, but let me tell you, that's a place where a lot of people live in relationships every day. 
to where they start to believe love is not even a possible thing. There's no such thing as a person that can just love you, baby. He going to hurt you just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But you just take that hurt just a little bit because all men going to hurt you. It's just a part of what happens. Let me tell you something. That is a heart that has been damaged. And God's like, no, I don't, I don't want you in a place or in a relationship till you get to the point to where you don't even feel like loving nobody. That's putting a root down inside of you that's deeper than I want you to go. And I need you to back away from that. Does this relationship acknowledge your purpose? And this one, oh, man, it just eats at you so slowly because you find all of your energy, all of your thoughts just consuming you concerning this situation and what's going on to the point to where you forget what you're supposed to be doing with your life. And let me tell you something about a believer. There's nothing that quenches the desires of our heart than honoring God with the things that we do. And whenever there's a separation in between me doing what God's calling me to do and my ability to do it, whenever there's a wedge in between there, it causes damage inside of me concerning whether or not my life is even worth anything. And many people are in relationships where they've experienced so much hurt that they no longer believe that their life has purpose. And I was like, no. I didn't want it to go that far. That's the guard I'm talking about, is when you start to feel yourself losing your purpose, it's starting to get you, and it's starting to affect your heart. Because what happens in your heart affects how you live for me. And I don't want you an idol. I don't want you just being pushed and pulled. I don't want you in that place. Man, we did a good job getting you to where you are. And you've changed and you've grown in a lot of ways. But you got to keep that. You got to keep it. And what God wanted me to tell you today, this is part one. Next week's going to be part two. Is he wanted me to tell you to take these questions, go home, and allow him to speak the answers concerning where you are. Because let me tell you something. Some of you guys are going to discover something so awesome. You're going to discover that the relationship you thought was in a bad place ain't as bad as what you thought. Some of y'all are going to discover that, and Jesus is going to tell you. He's going to, he's going to direct you. I'll tell you, you just, just put yourself in a place where he's sitting down at an exam table, and Jesus is like, so, hey, you okay talking with me? And then his spirit will let you know, and you, you write down where you're at with that relationship. Because he doesn't want you in a place to where you're unknown concerning what's going on. 
He wants you to know whether or not you're in a relationship that's causing damage to your heart or not. Because if it's causing damage to your heart, he has a prescription for that. But if you don't know if it's causing damage to your heart, you can find yourself exposed to things that are causing and will cause long term effect that he never intended. But at the same time, a lot of y'all are going to find out it ain't that bad. Yeah, I thought it was rough, but my prayer life is still only popping. Yeah, I, th I thought it was pretty bad, but I know who I am. Now, he trying to figure out who he is, but I know exactly who I am. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because I know God doesn't want us in any situations that may harm us. I know that God's word is true. All things are working together for the good of those who love him. But he also draws a fine line when he talks about situations that cause damage to our heart. Yeah, yeah. He said, no, yeah, I, I want you to forgive, but I'm not asking you to relive things that damage you. But I don't need you to find damage by where the way you think damage is occurring. I need you to see how I define whether or not damage is occurring. Because let me tell you something, I can, I can flip that situation faster than you realize. I can change that situation faster than you ever knew. You got to understand that I made a promise to you that I will come in and my peace would mount guard over your heart. I will step in in situations that may seem like they are going nowhere, and I'll make the wedge in between what's going on and the protection of your heart. I will do that in the places in which I'm calling you to stay. But I need you to know without a doubt when I'm calling you to leave. Because where I'm asking you to stay, I got you. 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 But I need you to know without a doubt. Yeah, it's rough. But I ain't going nowhere, Joker. You still got me. Right now, the peace of God is mounting guard over my heart so that things don't get rooted, that change how I act, because I'm not going back to the way I used to be for nobody. And you can start tripping and going off, but you ain't going to resurrect the thing that me and Jesus spent a long time killing. He's saying, That's, I'll be there for that. I'll be there for that. I'll be there for that. So that's what I want you guys to do. That's what God is asking. Go home. Hear from him concerning those things. Think about the relationship that, that, that you are in, the relationships. I, I'm trying to tell you, I, I tell you all the time, I'm not talking about my wife. <laughs> but we all have relationships where we need to make sure they're not causing damage to places Jesus spent so much time building us up. Because if it crosses that line, if it crosses that line, I'm going to have to hear from him whether or not I can stay here.
Because let me tell you something. There is marriages. There is people in this church that can testify. Pastor John, who married majority of this church, divorced his wife and got remarried again. How is that possible? How is it possible for you to divorce somebody? You had good enough reason to sign some papers to come back and get remarried again and be happy and living a joyful life together. It's because God, God was there, mountain guard over that heart, making sure that seeds weren't sown to where this thing couldn't be repairable. And he's made that same promise towards us all. But at the same time, he's asked us to watch over our hearts. Because out of it flows how we do what we do. Thank you for listening today. We believe that the word of God has the power to change our lives. And I just want you to know that we are praying for you. We're believing for you, for your relationships to be stronger than ever and be stable. This is the year of stability. And we're believing God that everything we touch will be strengthened. 